Can you imagine a world without music? Imagine a world without song. And would you agree with me? There are no songs like the songs of the faith. Some we've sung already this morning. You know, while some songs, some uh, faith choruses have a short lifespan to them, others, would you agree with me, are timeless classics. I'm talking about those songs that readily well up within our souls when we're confronted by the sorrows of life. Songs which sing of God's faithfulness. Songs which especially flood us with faith and, and hope and, and God confidence. This morning, this morning, we want to give new meaning to these popular hymns, these popular choruses that perhaps you've grown up with. This morning, worship with our Lakeside Choir as we present the stories behind the songs. Every praise is to Every praise, every praise is to
the Lord. Amen. You may be seated. Every praise is to our God. That's the message of this morning's musical. And we want to encourage you to sing along on every one of these musical selections. Feel free to press into God's presence with, with praise and, and worship. Our first story, our, our first story behind the songs is of Eugene Bartlett. Bartlett was a very well-known gospel hymnist in the early 20th century. He founded a music company. He formed a, a music institute in terms of the ministry, he was very successful. Throughout the South especially, he taught young people both vocal and instrumental uh, music. Then in 1939, tragedy struck. Eugene Bartlett had a major stroke. He was crippled. He was bedridden. He couldn't lead, he couldn't travel, he couldn't teach. But Bartlett could still read his Bible. He could still pray and praise. He could still trust God. So despite the loss of his health, Bartlett knew that God has never lost a battle. Our Lord knows no retreat, no defeat. He knew that with God, he was on the winning side. And though Bartlett couldn't get up on the outside, he knew that he could stand on the inside. Paul said in Ephesians chapter 6, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. When the day of evil comes, stand. Stand your ground. And after you have done everything, to stand. Perhaps you've been recently knocked down in life. The good news is this, you don't have to stay down. I said, you don't have to stay down. Keep standing on the promises of God. Keep standing in, in praise and thanksgiving. Keep standing in faith believing and receiving. And you too can be like Eugene Bartlett who wrote while he was crippled from his stroke. He wrote his most popular, most well-known song, Oh, victory! In Jesus.
what a day that will be when with our Jesus we will fly away. Oh, victory in Jesus. Our next story behind the songs begins with a little baby, just six weeks old, by the name of Fanny Crosby. You see, at six weeks, baby Fanny had caught an eye infection. Her mother took her to an incompetent traveling doctor. There was no other doctor available. He treated Fanny's eye infection with hot mustard poultice. As the baby, as Fanny screamed with the searing pain, yes, the incompetent treatment, yes, it took care of the infection, but it also, it also took away Fanny's eyesight. Fanny was completely blinded. And to make matters worse, one year later, her young father died. And her 21-year-old mommy had to go to work as a maid and work endless hours, leaving Fanny with her godly grandmother to raise her. If anyone had a right to grow up angry with God because of circumstances, it was Fanny. But she never ever viewed her blindness as a handicap, but rather she viewed it as a blessing. She believed that if she had natural eyesight, it would have been a distraction to the spiritual insight that God had blessed her with. What did God allow Fanny to see? She composed more than 9,000 of our great hymns. To this day, Fanny Crosby is known as America's hymn queen. And for many Christians, the song that you're about to hear is one of her best. God bless you as you hear it right now. Yeah. Hey. 
Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Would you agree with me? If anyone had a right to be bitter, it was Fanny Crosby. But she chose to get better instead of bitter. The Bible says in Philippians 2.5, your attitude should be the kind that was shown us by Jesus Christ. Listen, Jesus could have written a book entitled Failure and How I Obtained It. Think of what they said about Jesus. They said that Jesus was an illegitimate birth. They called him a heretic, a drunkard, a demon-possessed individual. He was sold out by one of his closest friends. He died a criminal's death. He was buried in a borrowed tomb. But what was the response of Jesus to all of his sufferings and to ours? Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. But cheer up, I have overcome the world. Listen, you can't change what happened to you in the past or the circumstances confronting you right now. But you can choose your attitude. Are you dealing with financial hardship? Cheer up, Jesus is your provider. Are you facing sickness? Cheer up, Jesus is your healer. Have you been deeply hurt? Have you been left all alone? Cheer up, Jesus has overcome. He will never leave you or forsake you. Our Lord, our Lord, would you agree with me, is greater than the burdens that you and I are carrying. He's greater than the mountains that we are climbing. He's greater than any giant that we are facing. This morning, learn to trust Him. Watch what our God will do. You have this blessed assurance. Next, we want to introduce you to a lady by the name of Louisa Stead. The year was 1882. And Louisa Stead had a wonderful life. She had a caring husband and a lovely daughter, Lily. One day the family decided to picnic at Long Island Sound. They would bring the picnic basket. They would bring the, the, the picnic lunch and all of the fixings that all make up a picnic affair on the beach there at Long Island Sound. It was going to be a joyous day. The weather was perfect. It was going to be a situation that they counted on as being one of the bright points of their year, never knowing what was about to happen, never realizing what would soon come knocking upon life's door. Suddenly, in the midst of the picnic, they, they heard the screams, the cries of a young boy calling for help. He was drowning out in the waters. To everyone's horror, the boy not only drowned, but he pulled under Mr. Stead, Lily's father, Louise's husband, 
It was a nightmare upon nightmares as they watched their loved one go to his death. At a time where there was no social welfare net, no social security, no welfare program to assist them, Louisa and Lily quickly plummeted into abject poverty. They were destitute. They didn't know how the next bill was going to be paid. They didn't know how they were going to be able to meet ends. Yet God never left them. God miraculously provided for their needs. For instance, night after night, groceries would appear on their porch. Later, Louisa and Lily became missionaries to South Africa, where God mightily used them to impact a nation. First Peter chapter 1, you can go ahead and cut that video. First Peter chapter 1 says, There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. Like Louisa and Lily Stead, you might never know the exact reason for the trouble, the difficulty, the trial that you're going through. But I want you to know this. As you keep trusting the Lord, as you keep holding on to His promises, despite life's troubles, one day you'll hear the applause of heaven because you have remained faithful. One night after groceries were left, Again on their porch, Louisa sat down and wrote a song. Now, since 1882, the times today are more contemporary, and our churches might uh, sing more upbeat music today. But would you agree with me? The truth, the truth of Louisa's song remains the same. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus.
off. Praise the Lord. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. I'm going to grab the hand of my young bride here. We've learned over the years how sweet it is to trust Jesus. I was in the rehearsal with you all yesterday morning, and right after the rehearsal, I got a phone call. I got a phone call, if you'll show that slide, from my son, Jonathan, who pastors in Southern California with his young new bride, Taryn. And they have spent the week in Mexico with Taryn's parents. My son had a wedding last night and needed to leave Mexico early. And at the last minute, they thought, Taryn, why don't you stay with your parents? And uh, John, my son, said, I'll just go up to the wedding in Malibu where he performed it. Uh, I'll go up alone and drive alone. John was just about 25 miles from the Mexican-U.S. border, just 25 miles from customs. He was driving about 65, 70 miles an hour, and he was driving alongside of a cliff when suddenly an explosion took place in his car. A rock about the size of a man's head fell off the cliff straight down on his car through the windshield and landed in the passenger seat. Would you show the next slide? The next one then. The next. There's the rock that came through the windshield in the seat. And the next. He was covered with glass. His arms were bleeding all over. Thank God he was wearing sunglasses to protect his eyes. And he kept control of the vehicle. Thank God his young bride was not in that seat. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. And Becky and I stand together thanking the Lord for his goodness. We pray over our children every day. And God is so good. I believe that stone was Satan's stone. I believe that very well someone might have even dropped that stone on my son and then tried to rob him. We don't know. God knows. And I believe that God sent an angel down at the right moment to redirect that rock. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Becky and I just wanted to share that with you as a beautiful thank offering this morning. That was not planned, but to share with our Lakeside family, Jonathan, who grew up in this church, God is faithful. Keep trusting Jesus. Keep trusting Jesus. Praise the Lord. Our next story behind the songs comes from an old, 
old sea captain of the 1700s while all of our songs have been written by writers and if we can show that picture all of our songwriters this morning were Christians all their lives this was not was definitely not the case of a young man by the name of John at age 19 John became a, a sailor on a slave ship but then he ended up being a slave himself that was brutally molested and abused later he was miraculously rescued and saved yet John chose to be the captain of a slave ship working off the coast of Sierra Leone Africa one terrible night a storm hit that ship and buffeted and when all seemed lost John cried out in repentance John cried out oh Lord have mercy on us and the storm stopped and John knew it was a miracle from God and John always looked back on that night as the day of his salvation John became a minister of the gospel and looking back at that storm-filled night he wrote these words through many dangers toils and snares I have already come tis grace has brought me safe thus far and grace will lead me home perhaps you don't recognize this verse but I know you'll recognize the song penned by John John Newton
this morning, are you able to say, Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Are you able to say that? You can take that off the screen, please. This morning, I want to remind you that His grace is free. His grace means total forgiveness, a clean slate. His grace means that God looks beyond all of your faults and sees your need, my need. Grace is Jesus hanging on the cross as God put the sins of the world upon him. Your sins, my sins. And then Jesus paid for those sins with his precious blood. What will you do with that kind of love? What will you do with the love of God in Christ Jesus? I want you to know that Jesus died upon the cross. He's our Savior. Not just because He saves us from our sins. No, because He saves us from hell. If there was no hell, God would have never have had to send Jesus to the cross. But I'm here to tell you this morning, there's a heaven to gain. There's a hell to shun. And Jesus is our only hope. He's the way, the truth, and the life. And He desperately loves you. His amazing grace indeed looks beyond our faults and sees our need. How about it? Isn't it time that you would say yes? to His amazing grace. Bow your heads with me this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus, as heads are being bowed, eyes are being closed, and these lights are slowly coming up. Lord, I pray even right now, come Holy Spirit, knock upon each heart's door and call us. Call us to Yourself. Lord, we want to go on record as in accepting your great love. We want to accept your grace. Lord, we don't want heaven to look down and see us rejecting the love of God in Christ Jesus. Jesus crucified for us. Amazing grace. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. And no one is looking around in the privacy of this moment. The follow spots are turned off. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. What will you do with the love of Jesus Christ? I pray this morning that you will go on record as accepting His love and not rejecting it. I'm prepared to pray a prayer. I'm prepared to pray a prayer of salvation. A prayer that will make you right with God. A prayer that will give you a home in heaven. If you would like to be included in this prayer of salvation this morning. If you would like to be included and know that you know that you know that Jesus is your Savior. 
and that heaven is your home. If you'd like to be included in this prayer that I'm about to pray, just lift up your hand right now. Just lift it up so that I can see it. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. How many more? How many want to be included in this prayer of salvation? Lift up your hand high so that I can see it. God bless you. God bless you. I want to go on record, Pastor, as accepting. I want to accept His amazing grace. Just lift up your hand. I don't want to leave anyone out. Precious Jesus. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. I want everyone to pray this prayer with me, especially those who lifted up their hands. I want you to own this prayer. Make it your own this morning. Put your heart into it. Dear Jesus, I come to you right now and I confess I am a sinner. But Jesus, you're my Savior. Save me from my sins. Save me from hell. I believe you died for me. You paid the price for me. And I believe, Lord, that you resurrected from the dead with resurrection life. I want that life, Jesus. A new life. A changed life. Thank you, Jesus, for hearing me, for changing me. I thank you for new life, Jesus. I thank you that I'm saved. In the name of Jesus, I pray this. Amen and amen. If you raised your hand and prayed that prayer, I want you to know that there will be a moment at the end of the presentation that you can join us up here. We want to seal the deal, so to speak, your commitment to the Lord in prayer. We have beautiful materials that we can give you on how to be a Christian. Praise the Lord for people that have accepted the amazing grace of God in Christ Jesus. Aren't you glad that His blood will never lose its power? That it continues to flow to the highest mountain and the lowest valley? Hallelujah. From our oldest song, Amazing Grace, I want you to fast forward with us to the 60s. To the 60s. Back in the early 60s, a young couple was just starting out in the ministry together. They would later become the most prolific gospel songwriters in all modern times. Bill and Gloria, who? Gaither. While expecting her third child, they went through a, a real traumatic time. Bill was recovering from uh, mononucleosis. They were dealing with terrible false accusation and criticism within their church. He and, and Gloria were in the pit of depression, despair. The thought of bringing another child in the world wanted to consume Gloria with terrible depression. But as she called out to God in her midnight hour, the powerful reality of Christ's resurrection, His victory over death, hell, and the grave filled her life with new hope, new peace. Listen, the enemy of our soul wants to speak despair. He wants to speak depression and, and death into our lives. 
The enemy this morning might say, give up on your marriage. It's dead. Give up on praying for your, your unsaved children. There's no hope. They're spiritually dead. Give up on your health, your finances. They're broken. They're dead. And what's the worst that the devil can whisper in our ears? You're going to die. There's no hope. Jesus said in John 10 10 the thief comes only to steal kill and destroy I've come that you might have life and have it to the full the enemy's attack of despair and God's promise of resurrection gave rise to the next song you're about to hear written by Gloria Gaither God sent His Son They called Him Jesus He came to love Heal and forgive Yes, he bled and died just to buy my pardon. An empty grave, it's there to prove that my Savior lives and be.
fight, life's fine. Oh, with pain. So then, as death gives way. because he lives. You may be seated. Our next song was written by a successful businessman. We don't want you to think that it's just ministers or pastors or, or preachers that write this music or these songs. In 1871, life was great for successful Christian businessman and lawyer Horatio Spafford. Spafford was thankful for his wonderful family, his wife Anna, and their five children, four daughters and a son. Yet in 1871, with the Chicago fire, Horatio lost most of his business. In the same year, his one and only son died of pneumonia. Two years later, the family traveled to Europe Spafford was to work with evangelist D.L. Moody in, in Britain. Because of business, he sent his wife and his four daughters ahead of him by boat. Four days, four days into that transatlantic journey, the ship collided with another ship. Anna brought the four daughters up to the deck and prayed over them. God, rescue us, or God, give us the endurance to what we're about to face. In 12 minutes, that ship sank. Over 200 people lost their lives, including the four daughters. Days later, Anna, the wife, was found floating on wreckage. In Wales, she sent a telegram. She sent a telegram to her husband, saved alone 
what shall I do? Another of the ship's survivors later recalled Anna saying, God gave me four daughters. Now they've been taken from me. Someday I will understand why. Mr. Spafford, he booked passage on the next available ship to join his grieving wife. Four days out, the captain told Spafford that they were going over the place where his children went down. It was then Spafford wrote the song that you're about to hear.
ask you a question this morning. Is it well with your soul? It is if you walk and talk with Jesus. Jesus said, come unto me, all you that are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. The Bible says, cast all of your care upon him, for he cares for you. Lastly, our final story comes from the most current song in our presentation. In his book, Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire, Pastor Jim Cimbala relates the, the miracle, the miracle called Brooklyn Tabernacle. How God revolutionized an inner city church, a tiny church filled with problems and has made it a powerful force today in the world. A choir, the Brooklyn Tab Choir, that's known around the world. But in the midst of church revival, Pastor Jim and his wife lost their daughter, Chrissy. No, not at sea, like we just heard with Horatio Spafford. They lost her to spiritual darkness. See, as a pastor, you could win the world but lose your children. And there's nothing that is more disappointing, more heartbreaking than a child that is not right with God. Her parents tried everything. You've been there, I've been there. They begged, they scolded, they pleaded. They tried to control their daughter, Chrissy, with money. But nothing worked. At age 16, she just got harder and harder and more rebellious against the things of God. And so the devil took opportunity to attack. The devil whispered in their ears, you might have a great church. You might have a big choir. You might have a great revival going on. But I've got your daughter. Carol pled with her husband Jim to leave New York, to leave the ministry. She said, we're going to lose the rest of our children. A minister even told Jim, that since Chrissy was now 18, that's right, for two years she'd been away from home. Two years Chrissy had been in the worst of the worst imaginable sins. A fellow minister told Pastor Jim, listen, your daughter's 18, she's going to do what she wants to do. You've got to accept whatever Chrissy has decided. Jim cried out, uh, never! I will never accept Chrissy being away from you, O oh Lord. I won't. Then God impressed upon Jim and Carol to stop crying, to stop begging, to stop pleading, and to give Chrissy over to him as never before. They began to pray with a new intensity, a new fervor. They even stopped uh, uh, pleading and began praising the Lord for the miracle in advance. Listen, church, my dear Lakeside family, guests, we, we need to come back to the power of prayer. 
I said, we need to come back to the power of prayer. The Bible says, he will call on me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. We need to come back to the power given us in the name of Jesus. For Jesus himself said, whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do. We need to come back to the power of the Holy Spirit. For it's not by might, nor by power, but by my Spirit, saith the Lord. One evening, in an all-church prayer meeting, the church suddenly felt directed to pray only one prayer. To pray only one prayer. Even though that there were many needs to pray one prayer. To pray for Chrissy on a Tuesday night. Jim and Carol would later write that that prayer room turned into a labor room, a birthing room. As the church began to cry out, Satan, you will not have this girl. Take your hands off of her. She's coming back home. 32, 32, 32 hours later, suddenly Chrissy showed up back home. She was on the kitchen floor on her knees rocking back and forth sobbing in agony she grabbed the pant leg of her father and she said daddy daddy i've sinned against god i've sinned against myself i've sinned against you and mommy please forgive me please take me back as the family hugged as the family cried together Chrissy suddenly asked, she said, who was praying for me? Who was praying for me on Tuesday night? Tuesday night, who was praying for me? Tuesday night, she said she had a terrible nightmarish vision. She had a vision of falling into a bottomless pit. And suddenly the Lord was there holding her, telling her that he still loved her no matter what. She said, Daddy, Daddy, it, it was because of prayer. I was saved. Chrissy's restoration became evident to everyone. She entered into Bible college and today she's one of our outstanding Assemblies of God pastor's wives. Serving the Lord. Hallelujah. The power of prayer. It was out of this whole event with Chrissy that our last, our last song this morning, our last song was written and composed by Carol Cymbala. It's one that has comforted so many. Let it speak to your heart this morning. When my heart 
this service this morning with a question. When did Carol Cimbala write that song? Many suppose that she wrote it, she composed it after Chrissy came home. After the miracle had come that she sat down and wrote, He's been faithful to me. 
But the truth of the matter is this. It was at the midnight hour. It was at the point where the darkness was the worst. The depression, the despair, the hopelessness. When it was at its worst, before Chrissy ever came home, that Carol sat down and wrote that song as a commitment of faith, shouting at the darkness, He's been faithful to me, and He'll continue to be faithful. Some of you that are here this morning, you're going through an hour of darkness. It could be in your health. It could be in your finances. It could be in your relationships, your marriage, your family. Perhaps for you, it seems so hopeless with your children. There doesn't seem like there's any answer of your loved one turning around and coming back to God. But we declare this morning that He's faithful. He's faithful. Claim that situation through the cross of Calvary. Tell the devil that he's a liar. He's already been defeated through the cross of Jesus Christ. Jesus is alive and hope is alive forevermore. We're going to sing that song again. We're going to have the lights come slowly up right now, please. And we're going to sing that song again. And I want to challenge you right now in your faith. Would you stand with me, please? Amen. Praise the Lord. I want to challenge you in your faith this morning. If you're walking through a time of darkness, if you're walking in a time of need, it could be, again, health, your finances, your family, whatever your situation is, if you want to go down on record as declaring, shouting at the darkness, He's been faithful to me. Would you join us down here in front? Would you come to the altar? Because we want to end this service not in pleading, but in praising. Come right now as we sing it. Hallelujah. 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 Our God is able.